The disintegration of boundaries seems to permeate our cultural landscape these days. No, we're not getting political on you. Karen and I operate in similar but distinct spaces and are not competitors at all. However, our competition is increasingly the same. This can put us in a precarious position when looking for strategic partnerships. Yep. What do you do when your prospective vendor is also your competitor? The Speakeasy Podcast. Honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Okay, so we said we weren't getting political, but the name of our drink is El Presidente, so that's pretty funny. Uh, I think that may have just been a coincidence, the way that lined up. Tell us what we are having today. Oh my goodness, the Six Saints Caribbean Rum, Curacao, Vermouth, and Pomegranate Syrup. It's a very fancy drink. I feel like I should be smoking a cigar or maybe have a mustache. All right, so as we're sipping this, really, what does it mean? Like, we've been talking about this for a long time. We actually talk about this pretty frequently Boundaries are getting disintegrated, and it, I feel like it's been happening or maybe eroding over time. It has. It's a. It's an interesting situation where everybody says, sure, I can do that, or they don't even know their own elevator speech, and they don't even know their own pitch and what they're great at. And someone who I thought was maybe a vendor I could use ends up being a competitor, and the next thing you know, I'm pitching great work against someone who I thought was in an entirely different category. So why do you think that's happening? So, you know, like we said in the intro, we work in very similar industries, but we're not competitors, but we have we share competitors, which is so odd. So is it because how we define our businesses is evolving? I think maybe. If I look back at my professional career, the idea of what an agency is versus what a studio is are very different. An agency, particularly a full-service agency, is in some ways a relic. There are still very, very good ones around, don't get me wrong. But while that used to be the only choice, now there are studios that do this and agencies that do that and freelancers that do X and freelancers that do Y. When I started my professional career, I worked at a true full-service agency. And so I understand how that works. I think a lot of people don't even understand what that is. Well, and we're not talking about like BBDO, McCann. We're not talking about the big the big giants. But you're, ta- you're talking about a traditional agency that um, – Full service meaning offering the full continuum of the marketing, all the facets of the marketing mix. So PR, advertising, marketing, everything, media. Right. Even even preempting that with research and following it up with media buying. And really, a lot of the new generation of creatives have gotten to the market um, and maybe have never worked in a larger firm or agency or studio, so they don't understand what full service means. So I'm finding the words full service agency used to describe people who actually are not, and I don't even know if they know that they're not full service. Well, and I and I find the same thing in my industry too. When I I have experience being on set on a traditional set. And now when there are shoots, there's a lack of role awareness that a director does a certain function and that a director works with a DP in a certain way and what the roles are. And it's not to say that you don't collaborate well in a more relaxed atmosphere, but when you haven't had the experience of working on a formal set, again, it's that lack of role awareness. And maybe it's that same thing in agency that, you know, that the art director has to also be the copywriter who also has to be the graphic designer. I think as the entrepreneurial spirit 
grows and grows and more people are seeking to go out on their own, you when you're an entrepreneur, you have to do all the things. And so we all become adept at wearing many different hats to the point where we forget that maybe that's not the only way things work. Um, but I do think it maybe um, is a domino effect. So if the large agencies like the McCanns or the J. Walters have brought post-production internal, for example, and then they no longer do a certain service line, but that is farmed out to a boutique agency, well, someone who used to be employed by an agency is now freelance, they just do that specific function. Right. But then they grow, and now they're a small agency. Right. Or the post agency doesn't have as much work from the big agencies anymore, so they're like, well, we we kind of know how to do the wraparound stuff. Let's see if we can offer that. So doesn't a lot of it come out of desperation for budget? A desperation for budget, just fear of saying no. The truth of the matter is... Whether your small business is old or young, you're an entrepreneur or you have significant numbers of staff, making payroll is still stressful. And when you know that two weeks down the line, a big payroll is looming and you're not quite sure what's going to happen or you're unclear about what your billables will be in four months, you are tempted to say yes to things you just should not say yes to. We would not be honest if we said neither one of us have ever done that before. We, we both have done that before because... You have to say yes sometimes out of fear that, especially in a greener time, I would say yes to things out of fear of disappointing my client. Right. Or if you say no, they might go away entirely. Yeah, absolutely. But I think what happens then, you know, and those might just be one-off situations in my case, but I think that if that becomes a serial thing because you're always trying to make payroll as an entrepreneur, what I see in the landscape is that there's this lack of strategic growth. It's like, oh, hey, we're an agency. Oh, we do video. Oh, web. Hey, photography. Oh, we have this new product we offer. And it's so weird. And I really feel like that lack of strategic growth means your target audience is everyone. You say yes to everything. Your services are vague. And your, your quality suffers. And your quality suffers. Because let's be honest, you can't be great at everything. You just can't. And so when you say yes to many things, you are becoming a a generalist or a jack-of-all-trades who doesn't have the time or the inclination to get deep knowledge and deep expertise, right? So we see it when there is a competitor of mine who's also a competitor of Karen's, and I make apples and she makes oranges. What are they making? Not an apple, not an orange. Chopped fruit in a can with some syrup? Oh, yeah. That's what they're making. Heavy syrup. (laughs) It's not fresh. It's not as healthy. I don't feel like we're being assholes. Right now, I don't feel like we're being assholes by not allowing creatives to explore other disciplines. That's critical for personal and professional growth. Right. And that's creatives love it. And creatives think, I can do that. Ooh, why don't I try this? Being a creative is inherently, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, being a creative is having inherent curiosity. And most people who are creatively talented could be very, very good at almost anything they choose, right? Yeah. It's just choosing one thing and doubling down and being excellent at it. So, so I mean, we've both been at this crossroads, though. So if, if we're multidisciplinary in our category, is it really our fault if we say yes, right? Like, oh, this is a new technology we've not explored. This is a new style of offering. You know, when you started in this industry, social media was not a thing. Same for me. No, that's true. I wasn't delivering video for social media. You weren't delivering, you know, thumbnails. <laughs> no, and the first website we built, we didn't. We weren't good at it, no. but we're great at it now. So we've done that, right? Well, yes, we have. And part of it is because technology changes and you have to change with it, of course. 
And for, you know, where I'm quite guilty is because we're a small business, I expect all of our staff to be quite multidisciplinary. I expect, expect them to be very good at a number of different things. So I have to be cognizant of drawing that boundary saying, even though we are multi-talented, that does not mean that we are unclear in what it is we do and offer our clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we're both guilty of it as well. Yeah, I lost a client once. I lost an account once where I was working with a traditional agency whose client was a large corporation, and we had done their television commercials for years. That corporation hired somebody who had a skill set that worked, and the agency maintained them as a client because they needed some more wraparound services. But they took their TV production, their TV production internal. Sure. I lost a client once because we had done some excellent work for them, and and their marketing department grew to the point where they needed to hire someone internally. I gave them a name to potentially hire who ended up being our replacement. And so they, they no longer used our services because they hired somebody really great internally, which is interesting to me. We didn't talk about this when we were planning the show, but this is the creative industry experiencing what the manufacturing industry went through. It's pretty much you know outsourcing your jobs. I don't know what to say about that, but it feels like an aha moment. It does feel like an aha moment. I'm sitting with that one right now. Gosh, dang. I also had another nonprofit client. It was a very large nonprofit client who always had an internal video intern who would do kind of like, there's like, record this presentation and, you know, that kind of stuff. And they said, hey, you know, we're going to pull this person in full time. Will you, they, they're recommending camera package X, which is costing us too much. Could you make a counter offer that would still produce high quality? You know, because a young person would go like, if I could shop, this would be my shopping list. And I was like, no, 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 no. You just need these things. And I thought I was doing a service. <laughs> that person now does our job. <laughs> It's inevitable. You know, part of the other reason why boundaries disintegrate is as a service provider, you build a relationship. And we've talked a lot about how relationships matter and service matters. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a client who comes to you and they trust you. And even though they're, they're asking you for something you don't normally do, but they do want that relationship. So you're very tempted to say, sure, but what could you say instead? I think one of the best things that you could say is, no, we can't do that. And I have a really great relationship with someone who I could pull in. I think that that sets you up to be a consultant and a partner, but not lose your business and maybe even strengthen that relationship, right? I think it absolutely strengthens the relationship because, it's again, it's that transparency of communication. I'm committed to your best outcomes, and me giving you this service directly isn't contributing to your best outcome because it's not my expertise. I really think that people ought to be willing to choose to be an expert. I think they should, too. And as a young creative particularly, it's very easy to, to want to be excited and say yes to a lot of things. But that's where you have to go back, like we talked about a moment ago, to your, sort of your vision, your goals, and your strategic planning for your yourself or your organization to say, what do I want to be doing in five or ten years? And intentionally choose the thing you want to be great at. Intentionally choose the thing where you really want to deepen your skill. And then and, and do it and say no to everything else. But that also opens an opportunity for great networking so that you can gather around you partners that you trust who are also great at what they do and who you can trust very well to not overstep boundaries where things get quite clear. Then yeah. you can bring in trusted partners whenever you need to. Absolutely. And I do feel that 
and you've made these references in the past in, uh, in other episodes where when you're too busy doing the thing you shouldn't be doing, you don't have enough capacity to do the thing you should be doing or want to do. So it's by saying no and it gives you the opportunity to focus on the thing that you ought to be doing. That that takes you, like you've often said, two steps closer to achieving the goals that you're trying to achieve. The other thing, too, that I like about no and, it turns no into a positive. Mm-hmm. When you say no and... That makes saying no okay, and it even makes it productive. So that is such a great tactic, Karen. I'm going to use it tomorrow. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear how that turns out. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like the uh, the term is already up for El Presidente. I don't know if your glass is empty, but mine sure is. Well, it's a sipping drink. It's a beautiful thing here. We've got ours in a coupe glass that's really nice with a little twist of orange on top. But it is time for a second for a second round. Oh, no, there's no second term for El Presidente. There is no second term. <laughs> this is a one-round kind of thing. So we really want to hear from you guys. Do you feel like there is disintegration of boundaries in your in your current professional role, whether you're in creative services or not? Um, are, are there places in your industries where you feel like people are watering down their efficacy somehow? I'm sure there are, especially in corporate environments where... Everybody does a little bit of everything, and maybe competition is tight, and trying to get to the top of the heap takes work, and there might even be a little backstabbing out there. Um, I think disintegration of boundaries probably is much broader than just the creative industry like we talked about today. I really want to hear from people about how they're feeling about disintegration of boundaries in their professional lives, whether they're in large corporations, whether you're in creative services or not. I feel like maybe we're feeling it more than maybe Jen and I are even aware. So where should they reach out? They can talk to us on all social channels at Easy Underground. Check out our website, of course, at thespeakeasypodcast.com and go subscribe at Apple Podcasts. However, we really do want to have that conversation if you get a minute. Ping us on Facebook. Hey, Karen, what are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to discuss the role that comparison plays in our professional and personal lives. When is it a good or healthy thing, and when does it erode our progress? Did Teddy Roosevelt have it right when he said comparison is the thief of joy? He probably did. Join our conversation next time. Bye. Bye.